What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Old English D, a Detroit Tigers podcast. As always, my name is Casey, accompanied by Josh. How are you doing this week, Josh? Casey, doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. I wish it was a little bit cooler here. I wish it was a little bit cooler here. Kind of takes the takes the edge off when it's 95 with 80% humidity, but we're, we're uh, living. Yeah, it rained. It rained here a little bit earlier. And um, yeah, I think we had 100% humidity earlier. I was I was going to go for a run. That didn't happen. I chickened out. <laughs> um, well, I'm surprised you're doing well because the Tigers are currently losing seven to three uh, <laughs> against the White Sox. So I turned it off, which is probably why. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, hey, it's okay. It's fine. We have plenty of positive things to go over. We have a Tigers game that we attended to go over. Um, But before we get to all that, um, how was your week, buddy? Anything, anything special happen? Um, I'm trying to think besides, uh, besides the ball game, not a whole lot, just a lot of work, a lot of sweating, you know? (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's it's summertime we're we're real busy so we are both really busy but hey we still find time for this um yeah no i went to uh my job requires me to do some on the field work so i went to an open house over the weekend before i went to uh indiana your your place of living and spent most of the weekend driving um, so that was fun. I think I did a total of like five hours of driving on Sunday, um, which was fine. You know, you listen to some audiobooks, you listen to some podcasts like we're making right here and it goes by pretty quickly. Um, obviously we have a week worth of games to talk about, um, some good, some bad. And then we have a lot of news to get to because it just seems like this is when things really start falling apart for the Tigers. <laughs> We'll we'll get to all of that and more um, as we continue on. First things first, the Tigers are currently twenty four and thirty five, pending uh, loss to the realistically probably a loss. It's the s- bottom of the sixth inning, and as I said earlier, they're down seven to three. So first game of the White Sox series. Um, any thoughts on the on the last week of games? Minus probably tonight's game because you know. We probably have equal feelings on that. Yeah, I mean, so we were 100% right about what what the team was going to do against the Pirates and the Blue Jays. Um, it was really good to see those those two games against Pittsburgh. It's good to see some wins from the team, some back-to-back wins. Uh, I know it's just the Pirates, but the Pirates also were coming off of a week, I think a couple weeks ago, when they swept the Dodgers. So... There are no, there are no slouches, and we took two. Uh, we ended up taking three out of four from them this year, and this won the season series. And I mean, positives and negatives. Toronto is a great baseball team. When they're going 100 right, they're one of the top two or three teams in the, the American League. And we and, saw it firsthand. Yeah, I mean, so game one of. Toronto, I kind of had just this hunch that Elvin was going to do his pitch tipping. I don't know if he was tipping pitches against Toronto or he was just overthinking, overthinking it and left a bunch of stuff over the plate, but they, they, they found lit, something. They, they lit him up pretty good. Yeah. So that kind of went as predicted, got blown out on Friday, uh, Saturday. They had probably one of the most, most more complete games against one of the best teams. And I think that was one of those like 
this is how the Tigers should be playing every single game. This is what we should be seeing because we won three to one. Uh, there was a kind of a, a, a tough run late that Soto allowed, but other than yeah, that, I mean, it was, it was umpire error there for sure. That game should have been over, but yeah, I, it it's just, and it, like even dipping into tonight's game a little bit, it's just really frustrating to see this team. Uh, when we score runs, it feels like it's a different team. It feels like we're, we're watching a different ball team. It's a lot With, easier to watch. It, and it, and it, we always know what we're going to get because if they don't score within the first three innings, we kind of already kind of know how the game's going to go because by that time we've probably already around one or two runs and that's really all it takes these days. Yeah. Um, and to give context to what you're alluding to, right. And it's, it's not even necessarily just like the first three innings. It's pretty much if the tigers don't score first, they're like seven and 29 or at this point, almost seven and 30. And if they do score, they're like 16 and six. 17 and six and what more do you need to say score the runs first whether it's even it's just one run it doesn't even matter just put a number up on the board because this team they just they can't except for opening day I remember we talked about it explicitly I remember the whole conversation I remember how excited we were that this team battles back yada 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 we haven't seen any of that since opening day and you know here and there we we have I mean obviously we've had seven comeback wins all year so you know maybe there's sprinkled in there some some heart if you will um but yeah no this team if they don't score first you can almost pretty much seal the deal that they are not going to come back and this will be a game to not remember which brings us to tonight where it's really sad when they do actually end up giving up runs early and then they do battle back with an awesome leadoff homer homer from willie castro and get another run, tie up the ball game. We even take the lead at one point, and now when we need it most, the bullpen kind of implodes. Um, super sad. Super, super sad. Just to kind of wrap up Saturday's game, shout out to Bo Brisky. We got to give it to him. First major league win. Kid dominated. Any thoughts on him? I mean, it's really exciting for him that he got his first win. We, we both have pretty similar feelings on the win. It's kind of going out of style these days and still probably not, still not what it is. It is a big deal. Realistically, he probably should have had his first win a month ago. Oh, absolutely. As of the, if this offense is anywhere close to an average offense, I think he has two or three wins at this point, at the least. So Agreed. Agreed. I don't, and then, yeah, I mean, like we probably left quite a bit of opportunities out there, but again, Three to one, we'll take the win. And then Sunday, which we'll get into way more in depth towards the end of the show, but we we lost six to zero. So that pretty much summed up the Toronto series. Um, Again, still have one of the worst offenses in Tigers history. Uh, Like kind of what you were just saying, like if even if we had just a passable offense, this team would be somewhat good, maybe even close to 500. And I mean, not to beat a dead horse or anything, but like, and we probably talk about it quite often, but if we had some kind of, I mean, Tucker Barnhart burned a bat last night after the game, he offered a bat as sacrifice in his fire pit in his home as a way to maybe spark some offense. Like, one good for him Two, that's where we're at that this team needs to burn bats 
as offers of sacrifice. I don't know. I, do you have any thoughts on the offense specifically or. Yeah. So I just pulled up, I, I went on to baseball reference and looked up the tigers and you, there's a place where you can look to year by year batting stats. And I was just looking up how that, how this team is currently stacking up against, against historical, just tigers teams, not even, not even league wide. They have currently, and I understand this isn't the full season's worth, but I'm only doing doing uh, averages here. I'm only doing percent numbers. I'm not even looking at just raw stats. Runs per game, they would rank the worst Tigers team ever right now. Batting average, they would rank as the worst Tigers team ever by about 15 points in batting average. The worst ever. On-base percentage. They would rank as the worst Tigers team ever by 10 points. Slugging percentage, all-time Tigers teams, they would rank, let's see here, they would rank fourth to last in slugging percentage. Behind teams from the 1900s, 19, like 19s, like teams that like hit the ball into the ground in order to get base hits. They're doing worse than them in slugging percentage. I mean, OPS, their their second worst all time Tigers team. Like, the, I don't know how else to to explain it, but I saw somewhere that the Tigers have, and I don't know whether this has changed recently, and it's a miracle if it's anywhere close to this. But the Tigers team has a top ten pitching staff right now, and and I don't think you'd find very many people that would would know that. Because this team's offense has been so incredibly bad that, I mean, even if we had, like I said before, if we had an average offense on this team, I think we're at 500 at the very least. And in a year like this year, we would be like, we'd be fighting for second place and probably challenging the twins for, for the division. Yeah. I mean, those numbers you just rattled off, like, for instance, like if this team stands any chance, I mean, like, let's put this in perspective too. We are a month away from the all-star break. Like we are almost past the point of no return. And if this team had marginally better offense and the pitching that we have, you referenced it. Last time I checked, it was like seventh. If it was even, the offense, if it was even just a little bit better and we didn't have guys and, and, and this is probably a conversation for a different time with a little bit more data behind it. But I mean, this team is historically bad against fastball specifically, but, and I know I pick on torque. I know I pick on torque a lot, but how many fastballs have we seen him miss right down the middle? It's not good. I mean, right. he looks bad against fastballs, which you can't as a major league hitter. As a major league hitter, you just can't. And so, I mean, and and I mean, we see it with our own eyes. It does not pass the eye test. They're they're not a good hitting ball team. Um, I I did see an article today, and I meant to read it. I didn't uh, get a chance to read all of it. Um, but it was it was a little bit of a of a, a hit piece. Um, by bless you boys. I think we've referenced them on the pod before. They're the uh, their SB Nations blog for the Tigers. Um, they 
essentially the title of the article was this tiger's offense is going to get someone fired. And it was just a picture of Scott Kubal. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and I, I really start to take notice of things like that because, you know, Twitter is a dangerous place, right? I mean, like the, the, the new yeah. age fans and, and stuff like that. Like, I mean, people jump to conclusions very quickly and, and we'll get into even more situations um, where that is the case, like with some of the news that came out this week. Um, but I'm not going to say we called stuff like this early in the season. Cause I don't know if we have ever explicitly said that Kubal should be fired, but I do know that we went down that trail of the possibility of that happening. And it's just when teams do bad enough or when offenses do bad enough that like dedicated blogs, and beat writers and, and people that are like certifiably supposed to have some kind of um, opinion, but then also be professional about it and not jump to these conclusions too quickly. When they start having these opinions too, that's when you have to start taking notice. And now that we're starting to hear more and more whispers of, of Kubal getting fired, you know, obviously we talked about when the Royals hitting coach got fired kind of almost out of the blue. We're kind of getting to the point in the season when things like that start to happen, and I don't, I don't see a reason to keep him around. What about you? So this goes back, and I've said this on the podcast before as well, but I am one of my huge thing in life, just in general, is the the law of ins- like the the definition of insanity. If it's if it's not going well, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and inspect a different result. And clearly something's not working. Like it's bad. It's, it's historically bad. And you can't just sit here and say, it's going to sort itself out. There comes a point in this, in this year. And I, I think we've reached it where we have to say, okay, we have to fix, we have to change something. We have to start, we have to start monkeying with something because if it was one hitter or one or two hitters or even three hitters, I think you could probably get away with, you know, maybe just having a bad year or maybe, you know, something's going on personally, or maybe they're a little banged up, something like that. But this is the whole team. How many, how many hitters on this team do you think have a positive OPS plus right now? Ooh. Like an above average. Ooh. Uh, I know Javi's is at 56. Um, it says on here 58, but that probably 58. is not updated yet. I was within two points. I'm going to give myself yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say there are two hitters and both their last names are Castro. <laughs> so you would be, you probably get three out of four points there because there are two hitters. One of them is Harold Castro. The other one is... Our, our 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 man of the podcast, Miguel Cabrera, has a 104 OPS plus. Hey, while you're on that, do you, do you see his WAR? Is he still at 0.0 WAR? Is he finally like breaking the? Let's see here. I can I I can't see it right now. Let me take it real quick. Yep, 0.0, just <laughs> right there. I think they have that like molded. I don't think that ever moves. But shout out to Miggy for keeping this team somewhat afloat. To go back to the OPS plus thing, this team has, sorry, I'm counting real fast. 
His team has six players below 80 OPS plus. Six. And that's only qualified hitters. There's, I mean, there's only 10 qualified hitters for OPS plus on this team. So, I mean, six of them are below 80. And and, And, and and, we've watched a lot of this team. And and eight of them are below 100. So, Uh, yeah, to go back to Coolbot. I'm not out here saying that I, I hate Scott Coolbaugh and he's, but there comes a, there comes a point when you got to say, this isn't working. We have to try something else. We have to maybe get somebody in here with a new perspective. We have to take a look at something from a completely different point of view, because clearly right now, this team needs some kind of jolt. We were hoping that it's Riley green. Uh, we talked about it last week and it looks like it came out that he's, he's not where he wants to be quite yet health-wise, maybe not yeah. quite 100%. We were wrong about that. We were first yeah. I mean, we, we didn't have all the information either, so I, I'm, I don't really feel bad about that one. But we were hoping that that spark was going to be green, but clearly he's not going to be up for a little bit here. Um, we don't really have any other, you know, bullets in the chamber, if you will, on the, uh, on the, like, hey, who else are we going to call up? Who, who, Cody where? Clemens got his first major league hit and then promptly filled it in with another hit right after. He's yeah. he is the safe. Congratulations to him. That's that's pretty <laughs> cool. He was really excited. I know he's been pretty down about. I mean, he went over what to start his career? Over seventeen. Whew. Maybe even over eighteen. Because yeah, he- I mean, good for him. I think he. I think that's that's going to be a little bit of a help for him. I think that's going to be a weight off his shoulders. We saw what it did for Torque briefly, but. Yeah, I I don't see another way where this team improves if if something doesn't change. This team needs a jolt of something. I don't know whether that's Coolbaugh going or burning uh, more bats. Uh, burning more bats, <laughs> playing nickelback, but that didn't work for the Angels. So that's probably out. Hey, um, they they brought out the Derek Collins belt tonight too did you see this thing? oh i didn't see that <laughs> yeah yeah willie castro wore the oh man he yep, yep. for the they, home they run brought back out yeah for the home run they brought back out the home run belt so maybe it'll be that um at and of course to put a tie on a put a little bit of a uh bow tie on this uh tigers are battling back a little bit it is now seven to five um runners on first and third and a three two count two outs um they're showing they're showing something they're showing that they can come back a little bit so maybe we should just keep on podcasting while they're while they're playing and you know not watch not watch the rest of the game because that's the rule you're not allowed to watch the game once we turn it off I um mean, yeah we, i i need to address this too because i think we've referenced this kind of thing on the podcast i am not typically a superstitious person in general oh i'm really go not into it. we we are there is some kind of curse that we bring but we will get we will get into it more with the with the with the sunday breakdown but with this with the tigers especially but also baseball a little bit as well there's something that i told you like i turned the game on on game day uh well we were out to dinner tonight right right before we right before we got on here and they had allowed two runs. Abreu had a home run in the first. I turned the game on. The first pitch I see on game day is Willie Castro hitting a home run. I think it was the first pitch of the game. It was the first pitch of the game. Yeah. yeah. So I, that kind of stuff happens all the time. I'm not a superstitious person. 
I don't believe in, in really in luck or, or anything like that, but baseball, something is different with baseball for me. And I could not tell you why, but I am an incredibly superstitious person. And this is what I use to prove it. So (laughs) whatever it may be, the, the Austin Meadows grounded out. So seven to five. Top of the seventh. Looks like Miggy Miggy drove in some more runs. Exactly. So. Yeah. Hey, Cody Clemens got to walk. Carious, Miggy. Carious. Um, in some news updates, and this is incredibly unfortunate, and something that we saw coming, or maybe I saw coming. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but Casey Mize does need Tommy John surgery. Um. I hate that I'm right on this one. I hate that we're right on this one. I mean, like I, I we we talked about it a little bit off air too, and I think I think you you kind of came around on the idea too. I mean, I don't think it was much of a surprise, and I I think all of your points were very very justified in that you know if he doesn't need it, he doesn't need it. But I just everything that was talked about, every way that they talked about it, it just seemed like this is going towards a bad direction. Now, you could say there was some lost lost time in there. Uh, it took eight weeks to come to the decision. It's not like it, they tried to like, you know, put him on a major league mound and, and, and tried to get like a month or two out of him left of the season. You know, like they, they took their time for sure. And, and probably took too long to come to this decision, but, and there's a very insightful article by Cody Stavenhagen on the athletic um, that I should shout out to, uh, it doesn't seem like it was a very cut and dry, like tear of the tendon. Um, seems like there's like maybe 20% of it left or, or, you know, less than 50% of it left. So and what he- I, what I had heard was that his, his, um, his UCL, his ulnar collateral ligament, I think it's the actual name of it. It's completely intact. Yeah. but has lost its elasticity, mm-hmm. which makes it difficult to, to throw without pain. Right. So, and, and once that happens, the next thing thing to happen is for it to tear. So, well, right. But it's also important to mention, and I think Cody does too. There's plenty of pitchers who have quote unquote, bad elasticity in their, in their elbows and they just live with it. Not saying that's a good option or the right option, but I'm just, it's important to note that like, he doesn't have a full tear and I don't even know, like, I mean, clearly like, they go in now at this point and they pretty much just snip it and then surgically repair it at this point. They just pretty much do what the world was going to do that take, take some time. But I think even in the article, they pointed out that like there there's instances where people have bad UCLs and, and they try and go as long as possible. Now, I think in this instance, again, kind of like what we talked about last week or the week before, this team is not going anywhere this year. The best they can do is within a few games of 500. It's better just to cut at a loss and, and, and say, you know, this season's a wash. Now what's unfortunate is he's probably going to miss a large part of 2023 or even the entirety of 2023. And I mean, we have Turnbull coming back and we're probably gonna have to sign another pitcher based on some of the other information we heard today. Um, but it seems like we are without one of my favorite pitchers, probably in Tigers history, Casey Mize. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, and we, we, we went over it, and I don't think that there's a whole lot more to go into besides just the information of 
you know, him, him needing the surgery he's going to be out. He's probably going to miss a vast majority, if not all of next year as well. Um, it's really sad, really sad for Tigers fans, really sad for Casey. I know he, everybody was looking for him to, to kind of break out this year and it turned out that it's, it's kind of not that way. Um, I, I appreciate the Tigers not making a terrible choice and, and pushing him to, to pitch earlier than he was comfortable with. I really do appreciate that from them because I think one thing that we can say confidently about this Tigers team is that they're not completely, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it, they're, they're not kind of rash with how they, how they treat injuries. They, they take impulsive? their time on impulsive. Yeah. That's a better word for it. Uh, they, they, they don't treat stuff like that lightly. They, they take, they make sure every, they take it seriously. They make sure. Cause in the end right now we are in a rebuild. still. So I'm going to go ahead and label you're it. You're seven. Gonna, yep. You're seven. Yep. <laughs> And I understand the the connotation of that, and but you gotta you gotta call it what it is at this point. We know what where we're at, and and this is the right choice. Now they're doing the same kind of thing with with Matt Manning, and who knows what kind of information is coming out about, uh, or who knows what actually is going on with Matt Manning. He has quote unquote resumed his throwing program, but that's the exact same place that Casey was. So. I was gonna say this is about yeah. the same kind of information we had with uh, with with Casey. So I'm not sure, man, it's, it's going to be interesting how we treat this, this pitching staff going forward. Um, I know a lot of perspectives have been changed since, you know, even last off season, we have some, some question marks in places where we didn't think we would have question marks, but we have some solidity in some places we didn't think we were going to. I mean, we have a, a, a bona fide ACE on the team. Uh, we have, two more young arms in this rotation that we didn't even know were going to be as far along as they are in Alex Fiedo and Bo Brisky. And could have breakouts just the same as Scooble. And exactly. That's important note. Uh, I mean, I would even call this kind of a breakout for both of them. There's cause they're both, they're both setting records and doing some great things in their own right. And then you kind of have, you, you could have to think I Tyler Alexander, maybe at some point, you're going to get something out of him. Oh, I, that is, uh, I don't even know. I was going to say it's a bold prediction. I don't think it's a, a really even a bold prediction anymore. He is going to be in the rotation again. I, I think like, no, like they, they have to, I don't, I, I don't see a way where he doesn't join the rotation. They, they don't even have him stretched out, but I think that that's, that's square one. Is, I think is that's like, a big reason why he's still in AAA right now is because they're, they're trying to gauge where things are at with the other, with the other injuries. I think they're going to have to stretch him out down in AAA again and bring him back up. But you're going to get Turnbull back. Uh, you're going to – I mean, we can get into it now, but Eduardo Rodriguez, we don't know anything about his future in baseball. Just period. Yeah, and and just real quick before we get into that, and that that is a whole thing, and we thought the news was over once we heard the Casey Mize news, but it doesn't quite. But real quick, I do want to just highlight something that I've always felt, and I, I don't know if I've mentioned on the pod, and I just – I want it to go on record. I absolutely hate the fundamental idea of a team rebuilding around pitching, around young pitching. I don't think it works. I 
don't think that it is a, a proven way to get back into contention. And I will always cite it time and time again, the Chicago Cubs. The Chicago Cubs did not do it with pitching. In fact, they acquired all of their good pitching later down the road. And in 2016, when they won, it was 2016, right? Yes. Yep. Because Back to the Future said 15. And it was a year late. Oh, was it? Okay. That's how I remember. Don't ask me why. There we go. There we go. Um, It was all with... Sad to say, it was all with Javi. It was all with Chris Bryant. It was all with Rizzo. It was all with this young core of hitters who came up all together and were able to create this winning calculus because of how tightly knit and how intrinsically valuable their hit tool was. Pitching is just incredibly too fickle. And I, I'm coming at this from a person who legitimately cried when they drafted Casey Mize 1-1. I was, I was here for it. And we've seen that 1-1 picks can also go in a very bad direction. Where And, and, and we have now another 1-1 pick on our team, Spencer Torkelson, who is not performing. Again, give him some time. But all I'm saying is that pitching is too fickle to ride your entire organizational bet on. And the way that makes sense to me and the way that I've seen it work time and time again is let the pitchers, the young pitchers struggle (laughs) or deal with injury when they're coming up. And now like we're dealing with Turnbull, Casey Mize, Matt Manning, the list goes on, the list goes on, the list goes on. And then once they leave their organization or their organization makes a mistake and doesn't, you know, sign them up or they had enough of them or whatever it is, acquire them for free agents or make a trade for them or do whatever. But drafting this talent and, and then waiting and sitting on it forever, I think is proof that it does not work. And actually, and I don't know, and I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I almost wonder if, Tarek Skubal is a perfect example of that. He was not a 1-1 pick. He was not even a top 10 pick. In fact, he wasn't even a top 45 pick. We're talking about a late round draft pick who, because of injury that he had, fell in the draft order. And now it's, you know, taken him some time to, to become a bona fide quote unquote ace. But we're seeing that, Post Tommy John, which he had at this point four or five years ago, it is a killer. Not saying that anyone can't come from it, come back from it. Seen it time again, time and time again. But Casey Mize is not going to be the Casey Mize that we need him to be until, I mean, 2024 at the earliest, but really 2025. And then we start talking about arbitration. We start talking about him not being on the team anymore because we're going to lose him to free agency. It, it baffles my mind that this was the route that we chose. And then we kind of felt like we had to pick up the pieces later and draft green draft torque and, and, and kind of maybe do something a little bit different. Cause we realized we had so much pitching and then go and draft Jackson Job and whatever that is. I, 
I could spend all night on this. I really could. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on this or if I'm completely out of the out, out of left field here, but I just, I have, it has never set right with me when a team chooses this route to rebuild and to restructure their organization. I'm definitely with you on this kind of conversation. I definitely think it's, I don't, I don't think that a team needs to go only hitting in the draft. You obviously need some, some pitching to be drafted. Like you were talking about school, but it, it makes a whole lot more sense. I mean, it's a lot less strenuous on the human body to hit a baseball than it is to pitch a baseball. So just that alone, you're going to probably have a lot better, a lot better, you know, chance with, with hitters not getting injured rather than, you know, pitchers. So I'm hundred percent with you on this. Um, this, this kind of goes back to our conversation about, about uh, the organization and the, the leadership that is, that is in this organization right now. I don't know where, where we go from here on it. Uh, I know we're both pretty terrified of Jackson Job and the, where, where he's going to end up. Uh, we're going with his career. So I'm with you. We could both talk about this a lot more. I mean, there's a lot more teams that we could point to where this kind of thing happens. I mean, the, the Astros are a, are a huge one about that with Bregman and Altuve and Springer and Correa. Great example. It's, Fantastic. It's, it's Jeremy Pena now. <laughs> exactly. It's the same kind of thing. We've never heard of their pitchers. No. I mean, minus Justin Verlander, but we, he we've wasn't never drafted heard... by them. Exactly. I mean, they signed him as a free agent and he won, won them a world series. So you could, you could point to a lot more examples. I think, I think we're, we're both definitely on the same point or on the, on the same side of this, but this is what we got to deal with now. We gotta, we gotta understand that we're going to have to figure it out from here because uh, no matter who you draft, there's a chance that, uh, that it doesn't work out. And then that's, that's the whole point of a draft. It's kind of a, a lottery. Uh, Absolutely. I, I don't know. It's, it's so depressing because we've invested so much time, energy and, and, and fandom into, into these team and especially these pitchers. And we're going to support them no matter what, but you do look back on this and be like, we probably could have done this differently and it probably would have turned out differently. Yeah, and, and I think it's important, too, to note that it probably wouldn't have taken as long. <laughs> like, I think, and I mean, we, we kind of joke about it, but year seven now, and next year is going to be year seven of the rebuild. Um, it probably would have been done quite a bit quicker if we, if we bulked up on some hitters and got them through the system a lot quicker. I mean, look at how fast Torque excelled through the system. Uh, look how fast Riley Green excelled through the system. We know that these hitters can hit minor league pitching, get them to the majors and see what they can do, you know? And, and it's just, we don't really have anyone outside of them and shout out to Kerry Carpenter <laughs> who is still, still mashing, still mashing. But yeah, if we, if we had gone about a different way, then I think we'd be sitting a little bit different right now. But as you said, this is the reality we live in now and, and we have to support them. And I am very, very glad that Casey Mize is a Detroit tiger. I own his Jersey, which brings me to another point of my superstition. <laughs> <laughs> both Badu and Mize, I own their jerseys and both of them are no longer on the team. So square that circle for me. 
Um, as you went into earlier, yes, there is some news on one Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, what news there is, we're kind of unsure. But real quickly, I'm just going to read the statement from Tigers executive vice president and GM Alavila. Eduardo Rodriguez has informed the club that due to personal matters, he will not rejoin the team at this time. As a result, Eduardo has been placed on the restricted list until further notice, end quote. Uh, it's important to hear AJ's comments after this. So they released the statement today before the game, like two and a half, three hours before the game. And right afterwards, AJ goes to the press um, and has this to say about it. Quote, the statement is what it is. The restricted list is part of the relationship between the player and the organization. I knew he wasn't going to make it start, wasn't going to pitch in the minor leagues or major leagues at this time. This was inevitable. Now, to place even more further context on this, he was down in Toledo. He had a rehab start. He went like four or five innings. He had nine strikeouts. He looked good. He, he definitely looked, looked good. Great. Velo was there. No issues with soreness, it sounds like. And Thursday, after the start, there was no word of, of there being any issues. And then seems like things kind of changed over the weekend and AJ was being pretty coy about it. Kind of just as coy as they've been with the injuries this year. And we never got a straight answer on when he would make or where he would make his next start. And then they release the pitching matchups for the Chicago series. And there's a curious TBD for tomorrow's game, Tuesday's game. And he gets asked and he's like, Oh no, it's a bullpen game. And so that even brought more further questioning of, okay, what is happening to Erod? And so, yeah, sure enough, they released this statement today, citing personal reasons he is no longer a member of the Detroit Tigers. When he comes back, I don't know. When he pitches again on a Detroit mound, I am also unsure. Now, I think it's important to, typically when things like this happen, Either there's something familial going on or there's something incredibly personal going on. And so if, you know, either of those things are the case, and I lean towards more the latter on that front, that there's probably something really personal going on, maybe a mental health issue, maybe some kind of, um, you know, interpersonal issue or, or again, a familial issue. If that's the case, obviously condolences out to him and we hope he's okay. Um, and we hope the best and wish the best for him. But dude, you are a major league pitcher. And at this point, one of our most exciting players on the team, when you pitch well, and we're just saying deuces. What do we think this is about? So I personally, and I know you have, I think probably some different feelings on this. Uh, one one important thing to kind of note as well, uh, for baseball, there is the paternity maternity list. There is the bereavement list. I know there is some some kind of familial list that you can be, get put on if you if you're having some problems on that front. So I would tend to lean away from that as well. 
He is um, on the restricted list. Right. Exactly. That's, that's why not, I lean towards some kind of personal issue. But yeah. I think it's incredibly, it, it's, it's rare that someone goes on the restricted list in baseball. It's not something that happens all the time. And I tend to believe that the only reason you would, you would do that is for a pretty serious thing, whether it's, you know, a character thing, whether it's a mental health thing, I don't find any sort of substance in um, some kind of domestic violence or right, well, drug abuse or, or some kind of addiction or something like that. Yeah, that's, We don't that's, know. We, we, it's important. We do not know. I don't think that there's any point in speculating on it. Um, I don't know that this is a good reason to doubt someone's character. I am one of one of my biggest things in life is, is, is someone is, is innocent until proven guilty until you do something that, that, or, or information comes to light or anything like that happens where we can positively say, this is something bad. I think that it's really important to just hold off, wait until we get more information in order to, to make a judgment. I don't think that it, it makes sense. I think it's incredibly unfair. We have, exactly zero information on what is going on with him i mean for all we know he he could have something incredibly impersonal happening in his life that no one should have to deal with we don't know it could be something incredibly bad as a person we don't know that either it could be anything so for us to to kind of speculate on it i think is is very pointless and a little bit disingenuous but i know you i know you have a little bit of a different feeling on it well, I don't have a different opinion on that. I just have a differing opinion on like the the at the end of the day, right? You you are a major league baseball player, and 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 it's important to note that he is no longer going to be paid, and so that that kind of washes some of it away for me. He is no longer on the forty man, no longer on the twenty six man. Like I mean, like he is legitimately, basically, for all intents and purposes, no longer Detroit Tiger. But then you start thinking about. Okay, we signed into a five-year contract, and he was supposed to be like our workhorse or our workhorse, and 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 now he's just gone. It's important to note too, and and this is they've made it clear it's not health issues and not health related, but something with the the COVID situation that he had, he does have like a long-term issue, like heart issue that he took the entirety of 2020 off. He he abstained from playing in 2020. And so that was health related that, you know, that had to do with COVID. I'm, this is not like the first time this has happened for him. And I, I just wonder if his, like, if his head's not in it, like, I just, I just wonder if like, you know, and uh, Cody made an article uh, on the athletic again about it. Um, talked about how he's been pretty absent from the Tigers clubhouse all year. Um, hasn't really done a lot of media hasn't done very many interviews. Um, you know, at some point you can chalk it up to someone's character and, 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 or maybe not their character, but, but just, just the way they go about their business. But then you can make some assumptions about their character, um, based on those kind of things and based on his interaction with dealing with being a major league pitcher and, that comes with some taxing environments 
like the media, like the fans, like, and it's important to mention too, Detroit is not an easy place to be a pitcher. Like it, like the fan base cares and we care. And just to cite something like personal issues is, is too vague and, and probably not getting to the point of it and not transparent enough. If you like, dude, just say what it is. Like then, then we all have some grace. Why? Like, I, I, like, why should he have to divulge something personal? I mean, you wouldn't ask. You wouldn't ask that of a of a regular human being at, at a regular job. I understand it's not a regular job. I get that, but at the end of the day, he's a regular person. He's a human being. Yeah, he, he deserves his privacy. I understand. That's not really what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like, why is it so hard to admit that you have like? And again, I think we're really driving home that it's like a mental health issue because I that's the only thing we can really think of that because we're pretty sure it's not health related. We're pretty sure it's not anything to do with his family. Like, I I just I'm not saying we'll never know the answer. It's just really frustrating that you know this team's already not very good and they don't have a very steady rotation and the guy that we realistically could have gotten back, could have put some stability into the rotation. Now is just goodbye. I don't know. I, 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 I will, I, I will say what I do want to say. And I, I, I know I've said it before and I'm just going to put it on record. I do not think his mentality clashed with this ball club. And that's, that's, I do not think his character, I don't think I don't think his his demeanor. I don't think he meshed well with this crew. mesh. Right. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I don't I don't know enough. I'm I think too many people in this world have an opinion on something that they have no don't have enough information on. And so I'm not going to be one of those people and have an opinion on something that I don't know anything about. So, yeah, no, I, that, that's completely fair. And I'm going to stick I, to baseball and we're going to we're going to go from there. So that's totally fair. And I know, and just to give context, what I'm saying, all I'm saying is that it's important to know that we're just reporting the news of the Detroit Tigers. And I think that there's an area of frustration and I'm just voicing that frustration. Oh, it's definitely I frustrating. It, I will, I will, okay. I will agree okay. with you on that for okay. sure. Okay. This team is cursed. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. On to maybe some more fun topics. Josh, what'd we do on Sunday? Casey, you drove to my house in Fort Wayne, Indiana, from Grand Rapids, Michigan. We we got up early and we we went and we drove to Detroit, Michigan, and we went to see our Detroit Tigers play in person. But not only did we do that, no, not only did we did we go to see the Tigers play, but we went to see the Miguel Cabrera Celebration Day at, at Comerica Park. Did we get a poster? We thought we were going to be early enough, but uh, no, the uh, the souvenir. I think we missed it by about twenty thousand fans. I think. Oh my! It was it was that I was telling you when we were there. It was the most packed I've seen Comerica Park in a couple of years. When I've good been for there. them, good for them. Yeah, yeah, great, great atmosphere. Well, kind of. I mean, I, we we could say it. It was not a good game. I mean, like we, we're all very aware of that situation, but still, some cool moments. Um, and I think, you know, they broadcast the entirety of the ceremony on, on Bally sports, but the Miggy celebration was next to perfect. I would say they, they had fantastic hype videos. 
they had really great speakers and they had the one more thing Apple press conference moment of bringing VMart out to present. It was the 600 double ball, right? That's what we decided. Or was it the, or oh, was it, was it the 3000? Oh, no, that's right. No, the 600 was... double ball was on the table, right? Yeah, I yeah, got yeah. them. I, I kept on getting that mixed up in my head. So it was the 3000th ball that he presented him. Yeah. He, he handed him the, uh, the ball from his 3000th hit. Yep. Victor Martinez, who we haven't seen in however long, and he's been riding some horses. So. He's a, he's a horse breeder. Correct for like the Kentucky Derby kind of yeah yeah no he yeah he is uh, I see he is one of his horses I don't remember their name but they they came pretty close to to winning one of the thing or maybe they did win one of the one of the races I don't know I don't follow horses <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know I don't know anything about horse racing so. but he was looking great he was looking fantastic um uh, the videos themselves uh, one specifically uh, narrated by his daughter brought tears to my eyes. I'm an emotional person. I get it. I've made it very clear, but it was fantastic. And it really put a stamp on just how much the Tigers appreciate and how much Miguel Cabrera has done for this organization. And we take for granted all the time, the talent of this man but they were flashing across some of the numbers. They were flashing across some of the years that he had here, some of the hits specifically, some of the home runs. And it was just a joy to watch and be amongst Tigers fans for that moment. I wouldn't have traded any of it. It was worth the price of admission for sure. Um, And the, the energy that was realistically quickly taken out of the ballpark, but was there for, for a little bit was, just as cool as any any energy that I've been a part of. And I, I'm incredibly glad that I got to be there. What about you? I mean, the thing I think the thing that I'm most impressed with throughout all of the experience that we've had with Miggy Lust these last couple of years is the Detroit Tigers have done right by Miguel Cabrera from his for his career achievements to making these milestones to you know promoting you know, this day specifically, but also just like hyping up for, for these numbers. I I know some, some teams have kind of dropped the ball on this, on some of the greats in the past. And I'm so glad that the Tigers haven't done that because it's, it's been really, really fun to watch the fan base kind of almost get back behind Mikel Cabrera because we, he had a couple of really tough years. Uh, and, and it was a, it was kind of a, a transition for him because I think that was when it kind of hit home to him, to Tigers fans, to the team that, you know, he's not this superstar hitter anymore. He's not going to, you know, be challenging for these awards anymore. He's going to be kind of more of a role player. He's going to be, you know, the veteran presence rather than the, the, the stud of the team. And it took a while. It took a couple years for him to get into that, that, that mindset. But these last couple of years, I think he's just totally embraced it. And the team has embraced him in that role. And now it's it's just such a different mindset. And it's cool to see, I think, the fans really get behind that, too. Because I, it was so fun to be there, to hear, like, all of the – just to be remind, reminded of all of the different things that he's accomplished in his career. 
I think just specifically, like the triple crown is such a rare feat to accomplish. I mean, the last one before Miggy's in 2013 was, was it in the forties? I think it was in the 1940s was the last time that that was accomplished. And he did it. I mean, he multiple MVPs, four straight batting titles. Is that multiple batting titles? A man with 500 home runs has four straight batting titles. That doesn't happen. And and I think definitely in those down years, we kind of took that for granted. But I think we're here now and we, we we're, we're adjusting our expectations for him. And we're also just kind of appreciating him in the right way. Um, it was super cool for me because Miguel Cabrera is my childhood as a Tigers fan. I mean, I, I started watching the Tigers literally the year or the year after he uh, or the year before he joined the team. I've been a fan and I've watched his whole career on this team and to see him be recognized for his achievements like this is so cool. I mean, all of the players that they brought in to celebrate with him, that was awesome to see. I mean, Doug Fister, we hadn't heard, seen or heard from Doug Fister in years. Love that man. Austin Jackson looked like you pointed that out. And I was like, there's no way, there's no way that's Doug Fister. I, and and I know they had him there for like interviews through the series or whatever. I was like, there's no way that is Doug Fister. And no, sure enough, that was Doug Fister down there. And he caught, he caught the first pitch that Alex Avila threw out. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was so cool. I mean, we both, I mean, clearly Austin Jackson has just lived in a gym the last 10 years. Um, He's looking jacked. He's he's jacked. Uh, it just some of the guys, it, even like my favorite pitcher from the from the 2006 Tigers team, Nate Robertson was there. I hadn't heard that name in years. Just such such a cool experience. And then, yeah, the Victor Martinez thing like that. That's probably about the closest I've been to crying at the ballpark, because, I mean, he, talk about a glue guy, uh, just a professional baseball hitter and, and, and such a fan favorite in Detroit for so many years. It just well, and someone cool. who's not been a part of baseball for a long time now. Like, I mean, like he, like he, he has done away with baseball. He's moved on. He's turned the page, and he's really not said anything about baseball. But they got him. They got him back. I mean, he's obviously Venezuelan born. Miggy means a lot to him. Miggy's reaction to seeing oh my gosh, come out of the dugout. Man. I mean, that was priceless. He had zero idea that was happening, which is so cool on the Tigers. Good for them. Whoever directed this, whoever was in charge of putting all this together, props to them. I We don't know their name, but a shout out to them because they did great. Um, it, it's not easy to put these things together and then like kind of have it take center stage away from Toronto Blue Jays. You know, I get we're at home, but still there's baseball to be played, but Thanks to the Toronto Blue Jays, as AJ said, you know, they were gracious and courteous enough to allow this to happen. And they were even on the top step. They were enjoying it. They were acknowledging the greatness that is Miguel Cabrera. So kudos to them, because truthfully, honestly, that is something we are probably not going to see. I know ever again in our lifetimes, but I don't know if we're ever going to see it again in baseball because, you know, these rule changes probably never going to, you know, we're not going to see 162 games forever. They're probably going to shorten the season. Eventually we talked about before how many people are not going to get 3000 hits and 500 home runs comes around every so often. The guy's a perennial talent and 
uh, I'm so excited just to be able to say that he's going to leave one, a Detroit tiger, but two leave with a lot of braces because it could have gone the other direction, like you said, and, and we're glad that it didn't. Are we going to talk about our, our seat neighbor here? Are we going to, we're just going to skip over the person that kind of ruined the whole experience for us. You mean Mary Beth? Mary Beth, Mary Beth. Okay. That's yeah, dude. I've been to a lot of, 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 you know, public events, like large crowd events, like games, concerts, that kind of thing. I've been to quite a few in my day. I don't think I've ever had a worse fan experience in my life. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree. Uh, Mary Beth uh, is how she will be known forever. Um, probably not her name. Probably not her name. In fact, I guarantee it's not her name. Uh, but she is now Mary Beth. Uh, decided that it was her job to be the sole cheerleader for our Detroit Tigers after every single pitch that was thrown. And she was right behind us and she had some pipes on her. I don't understand how her vocal cords lasted the amount of time that we stayed there. Cause we left oh, I in think the she's just fine. Fifth inning, sixth inning. Oh, you didn't have to say that. We're real, we're real fans. <laughs> okay. Well, this is explaining why though, because when, when I, when I say it between every pitch, between every at bat during the, it, between the innings, it didn't matter. It was Casey. Have you ever, you, you played little league baseball, you played high school baseball. Like it's like that one kid's mom that she thinks he's the best player on the team and she thinks she knows all of the other kids too and so she has to cheer for everybody as loud as possible it's that person but in a public setting in a at a at a major sporting event it was like she had a megaphone put up next to my ear she was sitting right behind me and it was i think in the in the mid inning like between the top of the first and the bottom of the first when my headache started i'm telling you i went home with a migraine from this game from this lady how do you not have any self-awareness as a fan this is a tigers fan i and that's the thing dude i wish i had this kind of self-awareness like i i wish i didn't care what people thought as much because bless her because she did not care at all and like the 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 fact that like I got other people in our section to laugh about this situation because that's what I do when I'm uncomfortable is I make other people laugh. It it is goes to show that it wasn't just us that were were affected by this situation. It it was everyone around us and probably everyone in the other two sections that were anchoring our section. I bet you Miguel Cabrera heard. Him. There's no way he did it. Like. <laughs> He didn't know it was her. He didn't know it was our Mary Beth right behind us. But we got front row seats to one of the most obnoxious fans that I've ever been a part of, like fan situations I've ever been a part of. And for and, proper context here, we, you and me both almost got into a fight with a Chicago White Sox fan last year. Like yeah. we've had some pretty poor fan experiences before. And it's sad too, because she's a Tigers fan. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I don't, I don't want to like shut her down because I like agree with everything she's saying. But it's like, I mean, like, and 
and I know you already said when we left, if we get stayed for take me out to the ballpark, like, I, I don't think that I would have been able to like sit there without earplugs. I, I don't, I, uh, there's, there was no reality where, where we sit there through that song and her partaking probably as much as she did. I mean, the guys sitting next to us moved, literally moved up, like yes. down, down the aisle, yeah. like down the row, bless their hearts. Like I don't blame them one bit. They were smart. They were smart. All this to say, I just, when you go to a ballpark, just be a little conscientious, just a little bit. Just, just. You aren't the only person there. Just like, I get it. You're outside. It's fun. It's, it's, it's a beautiful day for baseball. The Tigers are not winning, which is the other part. I hate it when people are like all happy, go lucky and like excited about life and stuff when things are really sucky. Like, just can we sit in the moment for a minute? Like, I get it. There's a time to be optimistic. I could work on it realistically. You tell me all the time, but no, this was on. bad. This was bad. No one likes a happy go lucky individual when the world is falling apart. But here we are. That is, that is who we had to sit by. So, yeah, we left. Goodbye. <laughs> Peace out. Um, Looking forward to this week of games. Um, small update on the current game that is being played is now nine to five, and the uh, White Sox are still not out of the top of the ninth. And Joe Jimenez, like every other bullpen piece, has imploded tonight. So I don't know. I'm pretty sure we can seal the deal on that one. So now we have two more games against the White Sox, and then four games against the Rangers. What do we got for this week of games, Josh? This White Sox team is coming off a pretty poor run of form, I think we could confidently say. I think Tony Ralusa is coming off a pretty poor run of form. <laughs> I mean, we should have we should we should go over that at some point because we both have some pretty specific opinions about Tony LaRusa. When he gets but, fired. When he gets fired. Yeah, that'll be a good podcast. Um yeah, White Sox, we should be beating them. They're massively under, underperforming this year. Also, a little bit re- re- um, because of injuries, uh, very similarly to the Tigers. But, yeah, we, we should be winning some games here against against the White Sox. Really? Um, I see. I don't think we win one at best. I mean, they're a better team than us. I mean, like, what, forget what we say about La Russa. Like, I mean, he manages them terribly. They're struggling but- to stay above 500, Casey. Well, right now I know, but do you, I mean, again, our record is 24 and now 36. So I, they're a better team than us. Yeah, but I, they're winnable games. I, I still think That's they're winnable games. There's the way that they're being managed right now is making them more winnable because, I mean, you never know what kind of thing might happen. But the Rangers, I don't know much about. Like, I know they spent a bunch of money in the offseason. I know they, they kind of skimped on pitching and went with a lot of hitters. I know they're a young ball club. Uh, they're still, I believe, second to last in the AL West. 28 and 31, which is striking. Wow. That's <laughs> a lot better than I thought. Um, yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be an interesting series. We don't we play them twice a year and eight and a half games behind Houston, but they're in second place in the oh, they're AL in second West. place. Okay. I was yep. just completely wrong. Um yeah, I, I don't really well, have the, a whole the, lot of an opinion. Remember, the Angels lost 12 in a row. So, Yeah, but they also lost 10 of those in a row and were still in second place. So, yeah. 
that's another story about the angels, but yeah, I think it'll be an interesting series. I really don't have very many expectations for that series. I think we could probably get swept and I wouldn't be surprised, but we could also win three games and I would also not be very surprised just the way this team wins games. It's very interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a complete toss. up I'd be happy if we win one against the white Sox and happy is, is relative, but right. One right. against the white Sox and, I think we should win three against Texas, but then I see the record. I'm like, well, no, probably not. So, I mean, a split would probably be more realistic. Yeah. I mean, that's still a 500 road trip or a homestand, I think, or pretty close to a 500 yeah, close to it. homestand. Right. Yeah. I think you still um, like that. I don't think there's anything that we can say about pitching matchups. I mean, it looks like Fiedo is going to go Wednesday and that's, that's all we know. And obviously Tuesday is going to be a bullpen day, but beyond that, we don't, we don't really know too much. Um, Dylan cease uh, goes up against Fiedo. It looks like. Um, so that should be a pretty good pitching match. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, although, well, well, okay. Well, the, the MLB TV or MLB at bat, app has which i think is just called mlb app or mlb app now um has cease pitching both tuesday and wednesday so nice nice i mean tony la russa you never know right (laughs) that's fair that's fair any uh predictions for these games or any idea like any um crazy hot takes that you have that we might see will riley green make his first appearance well maybe to calm the storm no, we're still we're still putting that off. Well, I think we were a little ambitious last time. Like yeah, I said, I think we didn't have all the information, but I don't I don't that's seems like a lot of what we're doing is is just cherry picking on this stuff. Ah, dude. We we saw some great at bats from Javi this last week. He had a three walk game. Like it looks like some of the first I mean, he got career. booed. He got booed a couple games, and I think that maybe spoke to him a little bit. I don't know. I, I think he continues to to pick it up. I don't know specifically what he's done in this game. I need to go and look real quick before I make a fool of myself after he stri- has struck out four times or something wild like that. But oh, they got out of the ninth, out of the top of the ninth. That's there we go. That's good. Yeah, I did wild times. Um, Baez, uh, he had the sack fly today. His one strikeout. Yep. yep. So he- I mean. Better at bats, I think, and that's it's a good step forward for him. I, I we need somebody on this team to 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 step up. Just oh, I, I have my prediction. I, I know exactly. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm excited. There will be more bats burned. <laughs> more more bats will be burned. I, I I I truly hope that more bats will be burned because that that is exactly what this team needs. Um, I like you know. Really do like the energy that I saw tonight, whether we win or lose, whatever. We scored the five belt, runs. Right, exactly. The belt, we were I Lance Lynn is another thing to bookmark. Uh and another topic to talk about later. But he was not on his game and we took advantage of it. Realistically, he threw a lot of pitches right down the middle, and we did not miss a lot of them. I'm looking at you, Spencer Torkelson. Um, we, didn't, we did not hit a lot of them. What do you mean? You you said we did not miss a lot of the ones down the middle, which would insinuate we hit the we hit him pretty hard. And we did. 
We did it. Oh, you're saying Spencer Torkelson was the one that didn't didn't. Oh, uh, the reason I paused, I was saying the reason I paused was because Spencer Torkelson missed the only pitch down the middle that I saw. That the yeah, literally yeah. 94 miles an hour. I okay, you got me off on a tangent. I need to calm down. I need to calm down. <laughs> Spencer Torkelson. I was gonna even predict that before the bats burning, I was gonna come out with that. And then now I kind of want to go back. I, I kind of want to say it now. I kind of want to say that he gets sent down, but I'm not I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Scott Kubal probably gets fired before Spencer Torkelson. Oh, now that's that's a bet right there. We should uh, we should. Take what would you take at. on that? What, what side would you take? I mean, I have an opinion on what they should do, but what actually happens, it's a lot easier to send somebody to AAA than it is to send somebody packing as a, just fire somebody from their job. So, uh, honestly, if one happens, the other doesn't ever happen. If Coolbot gets fired, you want the new hitting coach to 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 work with with Tor. Mm, that's a good point. Quite a bit. I don't know. I say I say Coolbot goes before Torque does. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my gut on that one. But yeah, I'm dude. gonna be on bet watch now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh, where can they find us? Uh, they can find us on Twitter at Old English Pod at Old English Pod. Uh, we're we're on i think we're on google podcasts we're on apple podcasts we're on spotify leave us a like leave us a comment a rating a follow a subscription whatever is is uh the platform's mode of of thumbs up yes communicating positivity we would like that (laughs) please give give us the positivity please and Absolutely. any constructive criticism you guys have, we are here for it. We're we're still new in this here at on episode eleven. Uh, still still new, still working on it. If you guys have any suggestions, any any thoughts, let us know. Uh, yeah. And and I know it's tough to heart and listen to a, a Detroit Tigers podcast when that very team is is not very good. But I hope we bring some kind of joy and some kind of laughter out of it. So until next time, thank you guys so much for listening. Go Tigers.